Welcome to the June 15, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we will be going over Proverb 15, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would open their ears to hear and their heart to receive what you have in store for them today. Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom, and Lord, that you would give them favor with both God and man. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 15, beginning in verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who follows righteousness. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he who hates correction will die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord, so how much more the hearts of the sons of men. A scoffer does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. The way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment, but a man of understanding walks uprightly. Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken 
in due season how good it is. The way of life winds upward for the wise, that he may turn away from hell below. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy. The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Today I'm going to take a brief moment going over verse 1. Let me read this slowly. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When I was thinking about this verse today as I was reading it, I'm thinking about situations that sometimes happen in all of our lives. And sometimes things happen that we are not expecting to happen. And say, for example, um, a company makes a mistake. Say the electric company, and they make a mistake on your bill, and you are accidentally charged, suffer something that you should not have been charged for. Now, these little situations happen from time to time, and we have an ability to do this two different ways. And what I've learned, and the reason I'm kind of wanting to talk about this, is this is one of the issues that I have. This is something personally that I need help with, and I'm still working on this in my life. But say, for example, you have to make this phone call, and you were accidentally charged, let's say, $99 that you should not have been charged for. Um, so anyway, you make the phone call, and you have a choice. Are you going to be kind? Are you going to be, you know, merciful? Um, or are you going to be mean and aggressive when you make this phone call? And one thing I would uh, warn anyone um, is the fact that usually, I'd say 90% of the time, maybe even higher than that, the person answering the phone is not does not have anything at all to do with this happening. Okay, so if you, like, give them a lot of mean words or are sarcastic to them, <clears throat> first of all, you are not, you know, talking to the right person to do that. This person did no wrong. So basically, you're just attacking an innocent person. So this would be my advice. 
whenever you have an opportunity to make a call like this and say, you know, I was accidentally charged $99 that I don't believe is mine. I believe a mistake was made. And uh, could you please look into it? And if you have that stance, I believe there's a good chance that you may get favor from that person. And I think sometimes it has even happened that they may actually give you something in return. Not only will they refund the $99, but a lot of times they'll say, oh, by the way, we have a new promotion going on. Would you like to be involved in that? So I kind of think if you ever are in this situation, this would be something I would like for you to consider is to pray about it. And before you make the phone call and say, you know, please give me favor in this situation. And Lord, I'm believing that you're going to work this out and I'm going to have favor. And let's see how that works. And I truly believe if you start approaching life this way with things that go wrong in your life, there's a good chance that you will end up getting what you want and sometimes even a bit more. Okay, on Monday, I introduced you to Joseph, um, Jacob, or Israel's oldest son. He's the 11th son, and we talked about Genesis chapter 37, the first 11 verses. And today, we are going to pick up exactly where we left off on Monday. I'm going to begin in chapter 37, beginning in verse 12. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness." And do not lay a hand on him, 
that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it, and they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. This is really a fascinating story to me. Um, I'm going to talk about three points. Point number one is they conspired to kill him. Okay? When I talked on Monday about this, I had told you that Joseph had two dreams, and he uh, told these dreams to his brothers, and him being the youngest brother, it was not received well by his older brothers, and they were furious with him, and they despised him even before he had told him their dreams because he was the father's chosen son. He was his favorite son by far, and he always paid much more attention to Joseph than any of the other brothers. But when they told him this dream, or the two dreams, they absolutely lost it. So when they saw him coming, they said, now is an opportunity and we can get rid of this person. Okay, the second thing is, let cooler heads prevail and slash shed no blood. Okay, the oldest brother, Reuben. Reuben is the one that has more to lose than anyone else, because being the oldest son, he is the one that has preferential treatment. He is the one that is going to receive the blessing when it's time for the father to pass away. So he is the one who is going to lose out on all of these things. And yet, he is the one that comes to his senses and say, you know, I want to protect this boy. So he says, he tries to bide some time, and he says, this is what we'll do. Let's lower him into this cistern right here. Let's lower him in here, and let's just leave him here. And the fact that there was no water at the bottom of that cistern meant that he's only going to have a few days to live. Okay, he can't live without water. And it was such a deep pit that he would have no way to get out by himself. So he has no food. He has no water. He's not going to make it here very long. 
And what Reuben's plan was, was to come back sometime over the next few days and actually rescue him and bring him out of the way. And when it says, shed no blood, Reuben also has the sense here to say, you know, we don't have to do this. We do not actually have to kill this boy. Let's do something else. I believe that's a little bit too severe. We don't need to go to that extent. And the third one is, if you don't want to do one thing, choose a better alternative. Now, I'm not sure that selling someone to Ishmaelite traders is a better alternative, although I think that's a little bit better than killing him. But anyway, they chose an alternate route. They decided not to kill him, and the fact that they sold him to Ishmaelite traders means they're even going to get a little bit of money out of the deal although 20 shekels of silver is not very much. Folks, this is a great story, and we will pick up here tomorrow, and we're going to pick up in verse chapter 39 tomorrow. But I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you have never taken that step, I highly encourage you to repeat a simple prayer after me. So I'm going to say the prayer, and if you would, repeat it after me. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus down to earth. Jesus, thank you that you came to earth and you showed us an example of how we are to live our lives. Even though you were tempted In every way, as are we, you never gave in to the temptation of sin. I think that's awesome. And yet, you were willing to die on a cross for me, so that by doing that, all of my sins would be forgiven. Thank you for saving me. I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if any of you said that prayer today, I ask that you send me a quick email at Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, at protonmail.com. I want to just say a little plug. If any of you did not listen to the podcast yesterday, I want to remind you that Tuesday is Testimony Day, and yesterday was the 14th, and the person who was yesterday is a young man from Norway, and I think if you listen to his testimony, you will really be, um, uh, you know, just blessed by that. So if you haven't listened to yesterday's podcast, please take a few minutes and do that, and I think it will truly bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.